Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Well, tonight we're going to open up the Word of God and we're going to be talking tonight about Reconnect. And in fact, we are launching into 2022. Now listen to me out there, listen close. Uh, God is in the business right now of reconnecting and He's going to be reconnecting you. He's going to be reconnecting you to family and to friends and opportunities. He's going to be reconnecting us as a church to some of the grassroots of our doctrine, to the things that, that, that brought us to where we are. We're going to be revisiting and reconnecting the doctrines that, that the first church experienced as they realized that Jesus was Lord and that the Holy Spirit was the fire and the power of God in their lives and so in 2022 we're going to be doing quite a number of things we're going to be reconnecting people but we're also going to be reconnecting us individually to a powerful word of the Holy Spirit and you can expect in 2022 let me tell you what's going to happen to you in 2022 if you become a part of what we are doing here and in fact not just here but you're going to hear this same thing happening all over the world in church in our community and other churches I've not heard it and I've not preached it but you just sit there and watch and see if it doesn't happen that the Lord is going to uh, begin to revisit and reconnect and re-empower and re-envision listen what you're going to get here from our church you're going to be getting a powerful word from God that's going to be challenging it's going to be motivating, it's going to be inspiring, but it's going to work. It's going to be solid doctrine concerning what God wants to do in the earth in these days. We're also going to be reconnecting to families and friends, but mainly reconnecting to faith, family, friends, God's will for us, for our future, for our finances, all of the things that God has for us. We're going to go, as it were, on a journey together to, to, to embrace and to release the power of God that is available to us in the earth. And so I want you to buckle your seatbelts for 2022 because we are going to uh, you know, get back, as I said, to some of the grassroots. You know, uh, God is in the business of doing a number of things. If you are in need of comfort, He's in business of comforting you. If you are in need of encouragement, He is in the business of encouraging you. If you are in the need of correction, He is in the business of correcting you. If you are in need, however of returning to your first love and getting those roots back down deep in what you first believed and what first shocked you into reality of, of who God is and, and why it is so important that we yield ourselves to Him, then 2022 is going to be a great year for you because He's in the business of revisiting and reconnecting you to your first love. This is one of the things that, uh, that the Apostle John wrote as Jesus was dictating to him. We have it in the book of Revelation to the church in Ephesus is that they had uh, somehow gotten away from their first love a little bit. And their first love, of course, was, was Christ. It wasn't just, you know, um, learning how to um, be socially correct or politically correct 
or learning how to just, you know, behave yourself in church, as it were. Uh, you know, uh, but rather there was a power that the first church had, a power that came on the day of Pentecost, a power of the Holy Spirit. And that power, we saw them going through the book of Acts, working miracles and bringing healing and in, encouraging people through prophecy, through, uh, through words of wisdom, through words of knowledge and demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. You know, the Apostle Paul said, when I come to you, listen, I want you to know that, I, that, that I'm, I'm not just coming to you in word only, but also in power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. There's a principle in the earth. It's the principle that God enacted in Genesis, the first chapter. You can easily read it over and over and over about seed reproducing after its kind seed reproduces after its kind now the word of god is called seed it's seed for us it's god's seed in our life and do you know i'm i'm well aware that if i preach the word of god concerning comfort that you will reap a harvest of comfort if I preach the word of God concerning patience and put the seeds of God's word in your life concerning patience then God's word is going to reproduce patience in your life it'll be a little challenging there will be a little test but it will be the exercise of the word of God that causes it to grow an abundant crop you know the stress of that exercise just like the stress of exercising our muscles causes us to grow and if you want to uh, have upper body strength guess what you don't need to be doing you know squats hello if you want upper body strength you need to be doing upper body exercises if you uh, you know uh, whatever you invest in you're going to get a return in and so this principle that God enacted in the very beginning and, and, and carried throughout the Word of God is a principle of seed reproducing after its kind. You can be assured that if you go into any field anywhere in the world and you plant corn, you're probably, you can be assured you're not going to get grapes. I mean, that's, that's about as simple as it gets. And you can rest assured that the Word of God is filled with seeds. And God, as I said, if you are in need of comfort, you will find comfort in God's Word, and it will give you comfort, patience, joy, peace, whatever it may be. But we are about to be revisited in the earth. Listen to me now. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking by a word of knowledge. Uh, you, you can call it prophecy. It's edifying the body of Christ. Listen, you can rest assured and be certain that God is going to revisit the church and individuals in particular with certain uh, seeds of faith, family, in your future, uh, God is going to reinvest himself. And what our job is and what our, our part is in it is to be open to the word that God is going to have us to revisit in this year and reconnect with some of the roots of our faith it's going to make us a more powerful people it's going to also provide some opportunities for stretching it's going to provide some opportunities for because every time you leave the word of god you're headed for a test 
That's the way it works. The Bible says that the sower sowed the seed. And immediately the devil came for the word's sake. He came to rob that seed. You know, uh, as I said, if, if, if I were to preach tonight on comfort, then you would be comforted. But when you left here during the week, most likely you would encounter a, 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 an opportunity to have that comfort tested. And that's just the way it works. And God is a preemptive God. God prepares us for things before they happen. And so I know that as God has been dealing in my spirit here, uh, sharing with me what we're going to be embarking on this, this next year with our reconnecting and our reconnecting to several different things, he also has been sharing with me about the need to reconnect with our spiritual power with the word of god with the demonstration of the holy spirit and so i know that he's just preparing us for some wonderful times to come so that we can see some great manifestations of the word of god you see if you don't sow corn you don't get it and if you don't sow seeds of faith and seeds of trust and seeds of power you don't get it you don't get the fruit so with that being said, I would like for you to open up your words tonight to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews, we'll, we'll start in chapter 10. We'll get to chapter 11 a little bit. My hope is that we can also get over to Romans 4. And while you're finding Hebrews chapter 10, let me tell you what I've, I've done again for this year. You know, I've, I've got me a new Bible, you know, one that I haven't written in. Uh, I, I, th th this is one of my you know, habits that I do, not every year, but many, many of the years, because you know, I, read, I, I read that one last year. I wrote all in it, and I don't want to just always go back to what God said to me. I want to know what God is saying to me. And so, you know, let me encourage you, if you haven't done this in a while, get you a good hard copy of the Bible, you know, and, 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 and if you don't have one and can't get one, you, you let me know, and I'll make sure you get one, okay? And, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, you know, expensive. This one's not. It's not a study reference Bible. It doesn't have anything in the margins or anything, you know, uh, but this is something that I can uh, read now again fresh, and my eyes don't just go to something that's been highlighted from 25 years ago, 30 years ago. And I appreciate that. I keep my old Bibles, okay? I got a big old stack of Bibles, okay? Uh, and, and, and I go through them. I sit down and go through them. Uh, but, you know, uh, I, I, I don't want to lose the freshness of the Word of God that did not speak to me last go-around in reading, you know? It might speak to me this time. So, you know, as I said tonight, we're going to hopefully uh, get to, to, uh, to uh, Romans 4 tonight. But let me just quote you out of Habakkuk for just a moment, okay? Because it plays into Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, the prophet Habakkuk. Boy, if you ever want to find something hard to spell, try to spell Habakkuk. Uh, Habakkuk. Uh, a marvelous prophet, you know, prophesying about, you know, uh, uh, about the coming of the Lord and Jesus and his first coming. But one of the things that Habakkuk said in the second chapter along about, you know, verse, you know, two, three, four, right in there somewhere. He, he said, you know, uh, uh, write the vision up on the table and make it plain, those that see can run with it. He said, for it's yet for an appointed time. And as he goes on at the, at, at, at down, you know, verse 4, so he, he, he talks about, you know, the just 
shall live by faith. If you want to be right with God, then you're going to have to trust Him, you know? I mean, the man that doesn't, he said, his soul is not upright within him. That means that he's not happy at the end of his day, of his journey. Those people that don't believe, that don't trust, that don't believe, that don't trust, they end up not being happy at the end of the day, and they risk making God disappointed. I don't want to risk disappointing God because I did not believe Him. Nor do I want to end my journey being unhappy, not just with life, but unhappy with Him. You see, when we don't do things God's way, then many times things don't work. I mean, it's tough enough working them in the earth because the message we have in this Bible is an eternal message to begin with. And that's something that our faith teachers from, the, from, you know, from generations ago, and in fact, even from the last generation in the 80s and the 90s, our faith teachers forgot to teach us that this message is first an eternal message, that everything is applicable to the moment that we step from this life to the next. You know, for example, healing. You know, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. But one day I will ultimately be healed. Why? Because healing is ultimately an eternal message. I am prosperous. I believe in prosperity. I believe that God wants to give me more than I absolutely had to have at the end of my day. If I can go to bed at night with, with food in my stomach and with, with, with you know, one bite extra that I could have taken, then I am a prosperous man. And I believe in prosperity. I don't believe that the Word of God is meant to just you know, give me diamond rings and Cadillacs. You know? I don't want to take it and turn it on that direction because I believe it is first an eternal message. I believe one day I will really be prosperous. I, will, you know, I am an heir of God and a joint heir of Jesus Christ. But... One of the things that many denominations have done in, in you know, uh, juxtaposed to what uh, uh, that the, the faith movement did, the faith movement made it all about faith and all about getting stuff and all about this life. Whereas on the other side of that coin, many denominations made it all about heaven and, 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 and that, you know, that, that prosperity and healing and, and comfort and all these things were not for today. Well, neither one of those things are true. Here we stand right in the middle with a powerful temporal word from God. This word is designed to work in this life in measure because this mortal body will one day die. No matter how much faith I have, this mortal body is on a collision course with death. But this spirit is not. My spirit and my soul, because I am born again, I am on a collision course with eternal life. And my eternal life is not dependent upon this world. My life, my soul does not depend on this world. 
do you know that eternity is not just a long time? Eternity is without time. It is a place where time does not exist. It's not just a lot of time. We have trouble imagining that. But our life is forever. And the Word of God is first pointed at the eternal redemption of my soul. And thank God that the truth of my eternity grants me power, grants me audience, grants me many of the blessings of God in this mortal existence. And that's what I want to uh, talk about tonight is just how powerful this eternal word is in our temporary situation and how we can better use it to benefit us as we benefit God. I'm hoping to stir you up a little bit tonight. Let's get to Hebrews, the 10th chapter. Okay, In verse 37 here, uh, uh, the, 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 the writer of, of Hebrews is, is quoting and referencing Habakkuk. Okay, that the soul of people you know, the, 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 who, who don't trust God, they end up unhappy. The just shall live by faith. But those who don't believe and don't trust, they, are, uh, they, are, um, they end up disappointing God and being unhappy, you know, unsatisfied, unfulfilled. Verse 37, for yet a little while... And he who is coming will come and will not tarry. That's what Habakkuk was saying. You know, wait upon it. You know, the vision, though, it, though it's for a while, wait on it. It will not tarry. Here he's referencing that, but he's referencing it from a different standpoint. I won't go into all of the background because I don't want to end up uh, belaboring it or boring anyone or making you, uh, uh, you know, exempt. But, but uh, you know, uh, this... This is the writer's New Testament, Holy Spirit-inspired revelation and explanation of that scripture. He's talking about Jesus. Habakkuk was talking about the first coming of Christ. This, of course, is talking about not only the second coming, but the continual presence of Christ in our life and in our situations. And verse 38 repeats what Habakkuk said, Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back... My soul has no pleasure in him. Talking about disappointing God because the soul draws back. What is this drawing back? Well, in, in the New Testament uh, 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 understanding of drawing back, it is a, a, a prideful independence. My soul has no pleasure in the pridefully independent who believe they have no need in me. Who, who, who have decided that their own false self-confidence is enough for them. They think that they can do it. They think their wisdom is above my wisdom. They think, no, either they think I do not exist or they think that I cannot help them. But there is, you know, this, this prideful, arrogant uh, independence 
that God is referring to in Habakkuk and now again right here. In fact, it also refers to it uh, you know, in, in, in John. In the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 36, uh, you know, uh, if, 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 if you have the Son of God, you, know, you have life. If you don't have the Son of God, you don't have life. Now, that, that, that's what Jesus was you know, plainly saying here is that, that listen, you, know, you need to believe. You know, Romans 1.17, the just shall live by faith. It's the same thing here in Hebrews. Uh, you know, my soul, you know, uh, anyone who draws back, anyone who is pridefully independent of God, anyone that thinks that, that, that you can mix your wisdom with God's wisdom and you can make a decision, not God's decision, I don't believe what he says. I mean, I'm not going to do it like he says. I might take a little of his advice, a little of my advice. After all, I am the smartest person I know. I'm the wisest person I know. Many people discount truth. They imagine their opinion is truth. They imagine their feelings, their experience, their observation is truth. Do you know truth is often sacrificed for gain. Listen to me now. We see it all over the world today. We see it in our lives. That's the temptation. That's the challenge to sacrifice truth for gain. What kind of gain? Well, gain money, gain independence, gain you know, reputation, gain position, gain power, gain... You know, what, what is it that you get? What is it that you're looking for? What is it that you hope to gain... By doing it your way instead of God's way. What is it? People don't do anything that does not get them what they want. They think they can get one step closer to what they want by putting God over here. Do you know that truth is sacrificed for the promise of gain? I know it's hard to imagine, hard to believe, but our whole world has decided, our political process has decided that they can get what they want without God. And we as a church don't need to fall into that category. We don't need to become so worldly conscious that we end up sacrificing truth because we're afraid we're going to lose something we want. Because we imagine we're smarter than God. We're wiser than God. We're more strategic than God. We can do it our way. That's what he's talking about. That's what the drawback means here in Hebrews. My soul has no pleasure in him. Verse 39, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition. Now, basically drawing back a prideful, arrogant independence, you know, uh, will end up in perdition, in trouble. But rather, we are of those who believe to the saving of the soul. We are not those, those that imagine we can do it without God. We are those who know that we must trust God. And that's where in the writer of Hebrews here uh, talks about what believing God is talks about this demonstration of believing God. And as we are reconnecting in 2022, we are going to be discussing over and over, and we're going to be sowing seeds of reconnecting to our faith in God. 
And it's going to be a message that's going to be preached all over the world. You watch and see. God is returning the church and individuals and those that will hear to, uh, to, uh, to uh, 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 an admonition, to an encouragement to trust Him above our own considerations and, and even at the expense of what we imagine might be our gain. The writer of Hebrews it does, does not break the train of thought here. Okay? We break it up in verses and in chapters, but it was not written in verses and chapters. It was written in letter form. And so let's read out of verse uh, 39, the last verse in our chapter 10, into verse 1 of chapter 11 as though it were a, a, a continual thought. Here, you know, we, we, we are of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Now faith is, now believing, now this act of believing is. He's going to explain what faith is, what believing God is. He's going to explain, you know, the, the, he's going to demonstrate faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. You see, if you really want gain, if you really want what you want, and, you, and, and, and if God, you know, then, then faith is what is going to, you know, your, your trust in God is what's going to appropriate that. Not your own wisdom, not your own design, not your own intelligence, not your own strategy, but rather trust in the Lord. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Are you hoping for something? Faith is the evidence of things that you do not now see. Well, that's what you're pursuing. That's what you're hoping to gain, things you don't yet see. Whether it's a job, a promotion, or whether it's more money or a relationship or whatever it might be, it's something that you hope for that you don't yet see. Whether it is, you know, uh, whatever it may be, comfort, patience, peace, whatever it may be, you know, uh, uh, you know, it's something you're hoping for that you don't see. Healing from cancer, from disease, you know, uh, COVID-19 being taken off the world scene as a threat. You know, whatever it may be, it's something that you do not now see that you can hope for because your trust is in God. What do you want to gain? Put your trust in God for that gain, not your trust in man, not your trust in, 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 uh, in what a government might do, not your you know the government cannot help you they might if they could after they help themselves but they can't help you they can't even help themselves that's no secret it's the evidence of things you don't see for by faith the elders obtained a good testimony uh, the first part of verse three by faith we understand you know that's how we understand that's why you understand things that we can't understand. We understand them through the eyes of faith. Why? Because God said it and I believe it. Because God said that one day he saw the world dark and without form and void and darkness covered the face of this earth and the deep. And he said, let there be light and there was light. Do I understand it? Yes, by the eyes of my faith. That's how I have to understand everything I, that I do not have the human wisdom, intelligence or knowledge to explain. I understand it by faith. How am I born again, Nicodemus says. Shall I enter into my mother's womb a second time? <laughs> Jesus said, no. You see, there's some, you need to see this through the eyes of your faith, through the eyes of trusting the word of the Lord. Look in verse 6. The Bible says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's impossible to please him without faith. For he who 
comes to God must believe that he is you can't come to God without believing believing is the opposite of belying when you belie that means you're living something that you're not you're you're portraying something that you're really not to believe means that you are living what you really be you be live you be leave what I am living is what I be that's what it means the act the demonstration of my life is exactly what I be I be live I believe. I'm not be lying. I'm not lying about my faith, or I'm not living in a way that denies my faith. I believe. Those who come to God, you know, uh, must believe that He is, and they also must believe that He is a rewarder, that He rewards those who diligently seek Him, that, that your investment in God is going to pay off. There is a reward for trusting God. Now, that reward for trusting God first is an eternal message. And we must remember, everything must first work because it was first aimed at an eternal reality. The eternal reality is that there is a reward for me believing God. It's called eternal life. And it far overshadows everything else. Everything else pales in comparison to the eternal reward I will get, you will get for believing Him. But it's not just an eternal reward. It is a temporary blessing and reward as well. Jesus. Do you know how much time Jesus spent healing and feeding and blessing and encouraging and teaching mortal man he was busy on the cross saving us for eternity but he spent 33 and a half years he spent you know hours on the cross he spent decades of his life teaching mortal man about the temporary benefits of trusting God and they were temporary benefits because every person that Jesus prayed for to be healed died later everyone but Jesus was always aimed at eternity but eternity impacts us today because time in God's in in, in God's great uh, 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 existence he exists outside of time looks down upon us and sees this great act that Christ did not only to secure our eternity but to impact our everyday and if we do not have faith on the earth we will disappoint God it's impossible to please him we will not need faith for healing once we get to heaven, we will be healed. Faith for anything is temporal. Faith. Faith is not an eternal message. Faith only produces an eternal fruit. Faith in Christ. But faith is an earthly message because you will not need faith in heaven. Does that make any sense? Okay. So we have to understand that the key 
that God gave us to the storehouse of his blessing and his benefits is our trust in him. And we can stir up that trust by sowing these seeds. He goes on in verse 17 to say, By faith Abraham, when he was tested. Remember we talked earlier about test. Abraham was tested. Why? Because he believed God. And so God offered him an opportunity to step out into faith and to become something he was not and to accomplish something he could not and to be someone that he would never have been without faith. And it is a test. It's a test when God offers you to be more than you could be without him. It is, it, it's an opportunity and a test will come. Uh, you know, a, 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 an opportunity is, is, is uh, you know, given by God and our faith is the answer to the question. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called. Look, look, look what happened verse, first part of ni- verse 19. By the way, it's not heresy to read part of a verse. We're always reading part of a letter. Okay? We're always reading, no matter what verse you read, you're just reading part of that letter. Okay? Uh, you know, uh, um, he, 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 of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able. This is what he concluded God is able. Interesting, huh? That's what faith does. That's faith. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. What is faith? Faith is concluding God is able. God is able. Look over, if you would, here in, in, in the fourth chapter of Romans. We're going to get here really quick. You know, believing God is an active pursuit. Faith is an active Faith is not a passive pursuit. Yes, we can sit around and say everything's going to be okay and God's, you know, God's got this and you know, I have faith in Him and then just let unfold whatever unfolds. But faith is meant to be an active engagement with God, an active engagement with this world that is around us. Faith is meant to move mountains. Faith is, and faith is only a temporary earthly concept that is designed by God and taught by Christ to move mountains. It's it's the force that we use in the earth. In the fourth chapter of Romans, uh, look look in verse 3. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God. Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. God said, you know, you you can read about that in Genesis 15. God God counted Abraham's trust in him for Abraham being right with him. Abraham did not disappoint God because Abraham felt like I can do it on my own. Abraham believed God. He believed God against all odds, by the way. Look at verse 13. For the promise that he would be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. That's, God, God promised it, but said you're going to have to have some faith to make that happen. You're going to have to have some trust in the earth to make that happen. You, right where you are in your situation. And he was not in a good situation. Verse 16. Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace. 
Interesting, huh? Verse 17, the, the, the second part of that says that God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. This is what God does. God calls things into existence which do not exist. God makes things happen from seemingly nothing. That's why the grace of God, when we have nothing, whenever we are at the bottom of our barrel, when we are facing trouble, uh, that's why you know, we can hope in Him because we know His grace is sufficient and we access that grace by faith because God, we want to be like God who calls things as though they were not. He gives life to the dead. Isn't that amazing? Look at verse 19, explaining uh, uh, that this act of faith. Abraham, not being weak in faith, he did not consider. Now, there are some things that we're going to learn in 2022. We're going to revisit how to stop considering all of the reasons surrounding us why this is not going to work, why what we want is not going to happen, why the will of God can't happen. We're going to learn how to shut down those worldly, earthly considerations, how to take our thoughts captive and bring them into the obedience of Christ, how that we can win this battle against all of the enemies that are crowding in around us. Abraham did not consider. He was not weak in faith. Partly because he did not consider his own body, which was already dead since he was a hundred years old. Neither did he consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver, stagger, hesitate. Greek word diakrono. He did not, you know, waver. He did not stagger. He did not hesitate. He did not waver at the promise of God because he was filled with unbelief. We're going to uproot some unbeliefs in our life this year. We're going to attack some of the devil's strongholds in the lives of well-meaning, Bible-believing, you know, Jesus-loving Christians. Some people who, who stand in church and, 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 and uh, in their daily activities lift their hands and praise the Lord, but yet have roots of unbelief. They believe that God will only go so far, only do so much, is limited, that this can't happen. We're going to uproot some of those unbeliefs. And like Abraham, not being weak in faith, did not consider his own body now dead, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, but rather... He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced. That's where we want to end up as this journey continues, becoming more and more convinced. Becoming more, because listen, you, you get somebody that loves Jesus that is convinced that his word will come to pass in their life, and you have a very formidable opponent for the devil and the adversaries and this world, which is our enemy and would do anything they could to destroy us. The self 
arrogant, self-pride, the self-assessment of this world. They hate the church. They hate you. They hate the Christian. They hate God. They want to wipe you off of the face of the earth. They want to take you off of Facebook. They want to take you off of YouTube. They want to absolutely cancel your voice. They want to shut the pulpits. They want to close the churches because they do not want to contend with the truth of God's Word. But let me tell you, we are going to move that mountain and stand stronger and in these last days we will see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit the power of God the deliverance of the Almighty not only in the church but in the streets of our cities our nations our countries watch and see what God will yet do Jesus is not coming back for a tribulation bride in a cave eating tribulation manna He's coming back on a white horse with, with, with victory and with an army. And he is coming back for a bride that is victorious and powerful and strong. And the word of Lord will go forth from Jerusalem. And his word will go forth from Mount Zion. And we will see victory in the earth. This is the will of God. Being fully convinced that what God has promised God is able also to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to Abraham for righteousness, not that it was written for his sake. This is not written as a testimony to Abraham. This, was not, this is not recorded so that we can say, oh, look how great Abraham was. That's not in the thought of the Holy Spirit. It was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Wow. Hey, that's the benefit of getting a new Bible. Start reading it fresh. You know, God has a plan. And his plan is for us to dig deep and to uproot the seeds of unbelief and compromise in our life and to get back to the basics, back to the Word of God. Do you know the word radical means back to basics? basics. Look it up in Webster sometime. Radical. Radical Christianity. Back to basics. Okay? There's power in the name of Jesus. Amen? There's power in the name of Jesus. And it's in the name of Jesus that I pray that God delivers you, heals you, strengthens you. He settles your arguments at work. He gives you peace in your home and joy in your heart. He comforts you from every malady and from every tragedy and from everything that the devil has purposed and done against you. I pray that God so surrounds you with his power that you raise up a voice of faith and speak to the mountains and refuse to be denied what God has said that he will do in these days in the earth in the name of Jesus thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date as well receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world Today and every day, God bless.